This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Friday the 28th, between 5 and 9, Live Golf is coming to town. Okay. And they are going to cover the first $1,000 worth of beer sold that Friday night. So you can come in and beers on live. Okay. Now it says five to nine, but if the thousand runs out before that, then eh, you're out of luck. They will have. Um... So I got confused by the copy. Okay. So you <laughs> now we can bring Eli on. So Eli okay. will Eli will understand this as well. I'm going to read you the copy. And what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I read when I read this copy? Okay. Live Golf is covering the first one thousand dollars worth of beer sold on Friday night. DJ will be present. And we'll hopefully have a pitch and putt for guests to interact with. And I read that and I go, Dustin Johnson? Johnson? What? Dustin Johnson's going to be there? No, no, no. A DJ. A DJ. Disc jockey. Good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. They got me right off the bat. I was like, we'll do the whole show out there. I'll do a special four-hour show. (laughs) Like from five to nine if I need to. It's like, no, no, no. That's not going to be the case. Yeah. But – if you want to go hang, not this Friday, but the 28th, 5 to 9, beers on live. Okay. For 1000 bucks, And then they're going to do somewhat of the same thing on Saturday, the May the 6th, at the FC Tulsa Watch Party. That's Ooh. right over here at Elgin Park Brewery that night at 6.30. Liv will be handing out items like hats and koozies and posters and rack cards and stuff like that. And... FC Tulsa will utilize the additional 1000 spent to purchase food and beverages for the watch party's guests. So Liv is coming in here and open up the wallets, you know, because they got a lot of money. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. We'll continue to highlight <laughs> that here moving forward. And I thought Eli would find that interesting since, you know, he, he likes uh, the sport of golf as well. What's up, dude? How are you, man? Who knew Liv had such a, a cushy PR budget? D- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's impressive. It's going to be, I'm, I don't, I, I mean, I, all the other stuff aside, I, I really don't know what to think of what's going to be in Tulsa in a few weeks, but it sounds like they're not going to come in lightly. No, they're not. Are you, are you going to try to check out some of it over at Cedar? Are you going to come in? Pop, I can't tell you what I'm doing like three days from now. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know you writers, right? As soon as spring football's over, it's not like you got anything to do anyway, right? Come on. Oh, that's that's an age-old fallacy right there. Boy, is it. Is it. How's things been, man? How's uh, the last week or so been treating you good? All good. I was telling Hubbard, working on something cool in Tulsa, a little project with my colleague Ian Mall at the Tulsa World. More details to come. But uh, we're going into the final week of of OU spring camp, as you mentioned. We're, We're getting toward the business end. Got a spring game Saturday, and uh, so, so we're, we're moving along. So do you have a list of things, the Eli Letterman list of things to watch out or things that you're hoping to learn from Saturday, knowing good and well that it's spring football and that that list, you could probably crumple it up and throw it out the window by the time we roll around to fall camp. But if there are three or four things that are on Eli's list, what are you looking for Saturday? All right, the three or four things. Um, uh, everyone's going to be excited about the running backs, as they should. But and I think it's going to be a great look, probably our best look, it, unless you want to. We'll see how it differs from the uh, 
from the cheese bowl where Gavin Sawchuk got his best run. Might be the most we see of Gavin Sawchuk uh, in an OU uniform, particularly because Javante Barnes uh, don't anticipate him playing at all. And, and so um, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I've started my list with something that isn't on the list. But running backs would have been there if Javante Barnes um, were healthy. But the fact is that I think it's going to be a heavy workload for Gavin Sawchuk, which in its own right should be exciting. But all right. I'll give, we'll, we'll do a five. We'll count down. Number five is the receivers. I'm really curious. I mean, it's the first time we'll see DJ Graham playing wide receiver uh, at, at OU. Uh, there's guys like Angel Anthony. Uh, there's a lot of interesting depth. We've covered it on here that they don't have maybe as much established talent, but there's a lot of intriguing guys. So the receivers, um, I'm curious, you know, they, they switched the format of the spring game, uh, the scoring format. It's now just going to be offense versus defense. And uh, in many ways, for the sake of just roster flexibility, they're a bit banged up on the O-line. So given that, that reality, I'm curious to see how they line up and, and what that depth at the, the two-deep or three-deep level looks like on the O-line. Uh, and maybe I'm, I'm, I might not have five things here. But up front, fascinated by, by the new defensive linemen. We've talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, really what they're going to look like integrated in with, with some of those returners. And then – the number one guy on defense for me, it's, it's Desan McCullough. What does he look like? What does his role look like? Uh, and, and how much of it do we see? And then beyond that, Peyton Bowe and Jackson Arnold are pretty obvious and easy. But I'll, I'll extend that to all the, the early enrollees. I mean, a, a guy whose name, you know, gets overshadowed by those two is the other five-star, P.J. Adebaware. Uh, I assume we'll get to see him um, line up on the edge. And, and so those newcomers, I'm, I'm very curious about. Uh, but I've given you a very – roundabout way of, of uh, giving you this list, and, and here we are now. No, you're fine. I, I think <laughs> I think that there are questions I think that a lot of people want answered that I don't know if you can get the answer for in, in a spring game. Like one of those that I saw and I was thinking about the other day is with so much emphasis uh, on defensive line and with everything else, and the cheetah position goes into this too, like how truly much has the pass rush improved? Do do we know? And yeah. I don't know if uh, honestly, Eli, we'll have an answer to that, and even until we get to a certain point in the season. Uh, but that's that's just one of those that come to the top of the mind. The other one that came to me was all of this emphasis on physical play. How much of that actually translate to what they're translates to what they're doing Saturday during during the game? Um, knowing full well that you don't want it to get anyone hurt. But if that's been a major emphasis, what are we going to see in terms of physical play that Brent Venables is making such a push for? Yeah, I, I think, and this might be a, a false prediction, but again, they've, they've changed the format of this game. Up until yesterday, expectation was your typical split squad spring scrimmage. The fact that they're going offense-defense now, with a highly convoluted scoring system that's already underway. Like there's already points on the board and it's, it's Wednesday. They've been, they can earn points all week. So let's not get caught up in what is going to be on the scoreboard. But I do think a scenario where the off and we see it in practice where offense versus defense, that maybe sets up for some more uh, as high stakes as you can get in mid April, but you know, a more add, add stakes to it. And perhaps if, if there is that there and there's a bit more competition, maybe, and it's all, you know, relative and, and wrapped in bubble wrap for a spring game, maybe we see some more physicality or maybe we see a bit more intensity as a result of the fact that they've turned this into something um, a bit different than your, your usual split squad. And it also might give, uh, you know, either side, I, I think you look at the offensive line that's been so banged up, um, and, and I think that's part of the reason they've, they've kind of shifted things. Rather than seeing that group split up, I, I like the fact that perhaps we'll see 
not just the best they can cobble together of a starting front, but you're going to see the, the two deep, three deep um, guys maybe get a shot in a more cohesive way, maybe same on the defensive line than if they split this team up. And so I, I think that could lend itself to seeing some of that physicality, but of course it's April 22nd and uh, we'll see just how much physicality there is. Yes, uh, indeed. And I think, you know, outside of the general questions, you know, you you started off the top talking about McCullough, uh, just the overall cheetah in general, I think is another intriguing one. Are there individuals that excite you the most right now outside of McCullough that you look forward to being able to see in a setting like this over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, McCullough's gotten all the attention, but like Reggie Pearson, uh, is another transfer addition in, in kind of the back end of the defense who's, who's maybe relative to Sam McCullough flown under the radar, but he's experienced. Uh, people would know him uh, from that hit he laid on Dylan Gabriel in Lubbock last fall. Uh, he's a guy that I, I think, um, you know, I don't, you could say X factor, you could say all those different things, but if he's an impact guy for them in that secondary, and we might not find that out on Saturday, uh, that could be, you know, dimension change, changing or trajectory changing for this, uh, for this defense. Same would go for, you know, Caleb Schaefer, Miami of Ohio transfer, probably one of the best interviews on the team. Uh, really friendly guy. What are we going to learn about him Saturday? I don't know, but it's going to be our first look at, at those two guys. Uh, and, and then I think when I look at that receivers room that, that does have, you know, so much mystery, we know that Drake Stoops and Jaleel Farouk are probably going to be your, your two big established guys, but Beyond that, there's Jaden Gibson, who people were, were calling for to see all year last year, and we didn't see much, if any, of him. Does he, you know, show us something? Is, is, you know, who's going to come away as the spring game top performer? That doesn't always uh, portend big fall production, but someone's going to have to be that guy in the passing game on Saturday. And so I wonder, will it be Jaden Gibson or J.J. Hester, Nick Anderson? Nick Anderson uh, is one that I was looking at. That is a kid that's, what, like 6'4", 210. He's got a ton of size downfield threat are like now's the time that we're going to see hey has he has he matured from where he was now as a retro freshman right and I mean, pop you've you've seen my stature you know i've never played a down of, of organized football so i don't know this but i do wonder if rather than an intra-squad game uh, an offense versus defense maybe that's going to lend itself to more quote-unquote high-stakes moments and maybe give these guys opportunities to to distinguish themselves and establish themselves. So that I guess what I'd say is I look at Saturday, the positions where there is uncertainty and wide receiver may be um, in, in kind of that back end of the depth, the most uncertain spot, despite all the depth. Uh, those are the places I'm going to be really curious just to see who, who kind of jumps out on Saturday. All right. So in terms of uncertainty, maybe in a little bit different, uh, you had mentioned offensive line, but you know, Walter Rouse sitting out trying to get, healthy from from surgery there's Caden Green that's there who's had a lot yeah. of run right at at tackle uh during his springtime here on campus uh we know how Bill, Bill Biedenboe loves to cross train some of his guys this to me seems like that this is an an audition for maybe him finding his way at some form of interior on the offensive line, but he is definitely one that you would have to look at, right, uh, as in terms of building that depth up front for Oklahoma. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Caleb Schaefer spoke really highly of both Caden uh, Green and Josh Bates, the two freshmen on the offensive line yesterday. And, and there, surely there should be more opportunity, given the fact that, you know, you're, you're two starting or uh, you're, you're 
your left tackles, Walter Rouse and Jacob Sexton, neither one of them will be available. We'll see if, if they, you know, if Caden Green is in, the, in that that first team on on Saturday, or if they, you know, they've been working guys out in different spots. You mentioned cross training. They've got plenty of guys. I'm sure they feel at least for a game like this who can play in that role. So let's see. But man, uh, with the potential he has, with kind of the, the long view on him of a guy who you know, looks as good as any to be a, you know, a foundational offensive line piece. Maybe, you know, his own aspirations are to be one of Bill Biedenboe's next big NFL offensive lineman. Uh, let's, let's see it. And I'd love to see, to get an opportunity to see him and where he's at now um, at the end of a spring where, he, where people have really spoken highly of him. Eli Letterman is with us here from the Tulsa world above everything. You want to come out healthy, but I think with at least this spring, and I know that, Sooner fans have done a pretty good job into um, some form of therapy where they've talked themselves into last year is like, oh, uh, you know what, last year, okay, all right, that's fine. I think more than anything, you want to leave spring football at least with some hope in your mind that you want to give the fans at least some form of reason to want to be able to believe in, the, in them defensively considering how bad that they were. I know that sounds ridiculous, and that you, you're trying, like it's mainly for spring football, is mainly for those guys that are on the field trying to get better. But if you are inviting everyone to come out, you want to give them some type of hope that there is going to be a significant improvement overall on that side of the ball. What kind of conversations do you think we'll be having on Monday if uh, Dylan Gabriel and this offense get shut out? Oh, the, God, I don't even want to think about that, man. No. No. Nope. So we'll see. I mean, I, it's, you know, we're going to have to, as always, you know, be careful. But I don't know, even given that the scoring system is, is so complex yes. and I think you're getting numbers popping up, I don't, we'll see how we can really evaluate things on top of the fact that it is a spring game. But I, that, that's where I think you'd look at, at the individual performances and whether you want to see, um, you know, a returner, you know, a Woody Washington or a Billy Bowman show out or a newcomer or, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, I, I, another position I look at, is linebacker, where we know Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick probably stepping right in. Kip Lewis and Kobe, uh, Kobe McKenzie, will we see them? And, and you know, it's going to be our first look. And those are two of the guys that will be looked upon for that depth they didn't have last year. So let's see who stands out on this defense. I'll, pro- I'll probably lean more individual performances than trying to evaluate this defense, unless it is, is pretty stark. And, again, if, if it's – incredibly stark. I'm sure you're going to have some really fun phone calls or, or topics to talk about on Monday. Where are they at numbers wise right now in terms of scholarships? Like, is there going to be, um, I don't want to call it a significant purge or players jumping in after Saturday into the portal, but in terms of numbers, where are they at? Are they still over? Um, you know, it's, it's hard always to know exactly where they are because guys come in and out. They've already got two in the portal. Uh, this week in, in Jaden Davis and Corey Roberson, you would guess just based on kind of trends and averages, probably a couple more go, but that would be where I wonder, you know, on the flip end of who they could bring in in that next portal window. I've said that as much as I believe in the talent of Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk and, and Marcus Major, it's still a running back room that doesn't have a guy who's proven himself over the course of a season. So I'd wonder, you know, if, if May, June, when that window's o- window opens, if they, Still there, there might be spots. Linebacker the same, where a veteran addition at, at those kinds of positions would be big for them. And you're presumably, I, I would guess, they will have some space um, just based on the fact that you know you look at every program in the country, and when spring camp closes, sometimes even before it does, you'll see guys 
beginning to hit the portal, and I, I can't imagine that it would be an exception in Norman. Uh, basketball story, right? Every time we come on here, I feel like I'm just – I keep getting drugged back into the basketball season on this, but there was a, uh, a, a rather significant one uh, coming out of uh, Porter's camp. Well, Porter's got us – they're on the board, and that's what they needed. Uh, Javion McCollum, the, the uh, Vienna guard transfer, committed to the Sooners just earlier today. And uh, in, in one respect, it almost feels like it stopped the bleeding. We've seen so many guys leave that program this offseason – just to get one and get the ball rolling feels important. But, you know, I, I can't say I've watched a lot of JVL McCullum basketball, but from, from what I'm reading, he, he seems like, and, and kind of hearing and talking to folks, seems like a, a Grant Sherfield replacement to, to slot right in there with uh, Lo Suzanne in the backcourt. And he looks maybe a tad bit more athletic. He scored plenty last year, finished fifth in the, the Metro Athletic uh, Conference I familiarized myself with earlier uh, today. And, uh, you know, I, I, he has all the looks of, of a potential impact transfer. And I, I think, you know, as we get further into just the portal world, you know, it's been a few years now. And, and then as it relates to Porter Moser in this program, it, it's got to be less about evaluating where guys come from, uh, but more the fit. I mean, this time last year, we would have been talking about uh, a guy like Joe Bamisil as a, a surefire, you know, offensive contributor for Porter Moser. He wound up not finding a role. So I, I think, as we evaluate this stuff, it's, it's got to be as much about fit as it is, you know, what this guy did at his last school. And from the looks of it, J.V. McCollum kind of has the fit of what they need. And now it's going to be what they do from here. They, they still got five scholarships available. They have a lot of production still to replace. Um, so let's see. But, but big for Porter Moser and co, I think, to just get number one. By the way, you're bearing the lead when it comes to this uh, McCollum kid. Like, you tweeted about it. <laughs> Like one of the favorite tidbits. This is right from Eli's Twitter feed. My my pregame routine from McCollum consists of listening to calm music and shooting before games. My pregame hype song is none other than Matt. Bring it up, Careless Whisper. Yeah, so who knows? Like the uh, subtle tones of George Michael and the saxophone are what puts this kid into a good place before he gets to sit out or before he gets ready to go out on the floor and hoop. Incredible. So I mean, I, that'll be my first question whenever it is we get in front of him. Uh, I might have to ask Porter his thoughts on George Michael. That'd be interesting. Um, but, I, you know, I like this for a segment, Realize Sweets. I, I don't even have to come on and do anything. You just bring me on, and then you can just go through my timeline. That'd be perfect. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I, but I was, I, was, I was going to ask you, though, I think we have the answer because he said he likes calm music, but uh, it reminds me that Seether actually did a cover of Careless Whisper. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, here we go. I don't know. If... Huh. Thanks. I hate it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You need to let it kick in for a minute, right? I'm going to fast forward it so you can. Yeah, here's where it really kicks in.
Yeah. <laughs> Believe gonna... it or not, that was a hit on the radio several, several years ago, back in, I think, the early... Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I think we got to 2010, and that was a massive hit. Seether in a cover of Careless Whisper. <laughs> I'd never heard that. You haven't heard that? No, I have not. Not oh, until yeah. just this moment. We went through a phase there in the 2009-2010 range where it was all the rage to cover songs like that. Eli, you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> I'm speechless. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's Neither one bad. of you had heard that? No, sir. Nope. Wow. All right. I don't know if speechless is good or bad in that situation. Listen, I didn't say that it was good. I'm just saying that they, that there was actually a remake of it. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like Cameo and World Up. You know, Corn did their version of Word Up from Cameo as well, which I'm not going to lie, wasn't, wasn't too bad, but... I'm all about sharing here, so at least you learned something today, Eli, that Seether did a cover of the George Michael song, Careless Whisper. I seem to learn something new every time I come on, Pop. Well, that's my job. That is my job. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Have fun this Saturday. We'll check in uh, next week and put a little uh, twisty tie on spring football down in Norman. Can't wait. That's Eli Letterman from the Tulsa World joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Seriously, you had never heard of that? No, I had not. I had not. Hmm. All right. Well, going to add that to the rotation. I don't know if I'll be adding that one to the rotation or not. You know, the, I don't even know if we can play this version. Let me, let me test this version before I just start playing stuff off of YouTube. Oh here. yeah. Cause then I'm going to have to sit there. I, I don't want to have a little, uh, dump. Dumperuno situation happen again here on the Blitz 1170. All right, we'll take a timeout. Um, it is 231 here on the Blitz. We've got baseball coming up on Friday, 530 with the pregame show. OSU is on the road at Kansas, 130 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it's a 1230 start right here on the Blitz 1170. Timeout. We'll come back with more next. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.